Welcome back, everyone. The Braves have been in a really good hot streak. Of course, they beat the Phillies after winning seven straight at the time of this recording. Now, the Braves got rained out, but that's cool. They're going to continue their win streak. I can, believe, I believe it. But either way, I've been still been dealing with a voice issue. I can barely talk. So, unfortunately, that means I can't do a full episode. So what I'm going to do is we're going to have a look back at one of, a, of the fan favorite or listener favorite episodes, if you will, and relook at that. Go back and relook at that one. Hope you enjoy it. In case you've missed this one, you'll be able to go back and listen now. Hope you enjoy it. Like I said, I've been dealing with a voice issue. I can barely talk. So with that being said, we're going to go back and redo a look back at one of the most fun episodes I've ever done, which is a breakdown of why RBIs have been overused. Break it down statistically as to why RBIs are not the best stat to use when evaluating a player. So with that, let's jump into it. Welcome back, listeners. The Braves are still in the thick of the National League East hunt, even though they lost two to the Cardinals. Only three games back at the time of this recording. But with that, I hope that you enjoy this upcoming Labor Day with your family. I know that I'm going to be taking some time off and spending time with them. Family is important. But anyways, one thing I want to talk about is that my friend Brian Custard sent me some stats about RBIs and it got me thinking what better time than to talk about the stat of RBI and how it used to be used improperly and now how it should definitely not be used as a metric to point out how good a player is or has been. Essentially it's a bit overrated. With that let's get started. First and foremost, for my United States listeners, I hope that you enjoy your Labor Day. I hope that you're able to take some time off, spend it with friends and family, or if you just want to spend time by yourself just chilling out, I hope that you're able to do that too. So my friend Brian Custard sent me some stats this past week, and it really got me thinking, we have not really dug into why I'm not a fan of RBIs. And so I wanted to do that this episode. Now, I will say this. In a vacuum, RBIs are good. You want to knock in hitters. Absolutely. The stat in and of itself, RBI, is very important. I think that is why a lot of old school fans or people nowadays, even people nowadays that evaluate players seem to gravitate towards RBI so much. But here's the thing. It's not about who gets the RBIs. It's about that the RBIs are happening. Ultimately, it's about your team scoring runs, not necessarily who gets the RBI. Getting on base is important so that someone can knock you in. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't say, oh, well, this person barely gets on base, but 
hey, he gets RBIs, they're just as important as someone that gets on base 45% of the time, but this guy only gets on base 29% of the time. No, I'm going to take the guy that gets on base 45% of the time, every, 10 out of 10 times. What I'm getting at is RBIs are good, but ultimately what's most important is creating runs, creating runs for your team, whether that is getting on base a lot, whether that that, that is the person that's knocking in runs, but ultimately RBI is such a random variable for things like if you bat fourth in the lineup, you have higher odds of getting RBIs than if you bat seventh in the lineup. If you bat second in the lineup, if you bat fourth, you have the highest probability of RBI. Okay, well, you could hit the exact same slash line, batting seventh or second, and you're going to have lower RBI. Well, why would we use RBI to measure a player's performance? That doesn't make sense. Or, if you're on a bad team, chances are you could be not as not the best hitter in the league, but because you're on a bad team, you're going to be hitting fourth or third in the lineup. So, of course, you're going to get more RBIs than someone that's on a stacked team that's batting like seventh or eighth in the lineup. But if they were batting on the same team as this player, they'd be batting fourth instead. There's tons of variables involved, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to go year by year and kind of show the leaders and where they're at, and that'll kind of open your eyes to what I'm talking about. We're going to use runs created plus from fan graphs because ultimately that is a hitter's job to create runs, not necessarily to get RBIs. That's what I'm trying to get at because it should be a combination of getting on base, hitting for power, stuff like that. If you are getting on base and you're hitting for power, you're doing your thing. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And it does not matter where you're at in the lineup. Okay, so yes, there are times that the some of the best hitters in the league have a ton of RBI. That is a fact. However, there's times when batters aren't really the best in the league and they're also getting a ton of RBI, which in and of itself is an argument for what I'm saying. And we'll get into it. One thing that should that I'm going to lead with, and you can kind of get where I'm getting at, Mike Trout only led the league in RBI one time and that was way back in 2014 that was before he started going on this insane streak from 2015 to 2019 where he led major league baseball in ops plus which is adjusted on base plus slugging percentage for five straight years not once in those five years did he lead the league in rbi but he did lead the league in rbi when he didn't lead the league in ops plus which is kind of crazy. But anyways, let's break it down year by year. I want to use the last five years or so just to kind of give a trend analysis because the game evolves over time, you know. And so let's let's look at the last five years, and then we're going to do something fun. We're going to look from the year 1990 to 1999, oh, an entire decade, so we can go back in time and kind of look at how RBI stacked up as well. But first, let's start with the last five years. All right, let's go back to the year 2018. The National League leader for RBI was Javier Baez. He had a 131 runs created plus. That was good for 24th in Major League Baseball. And he had a 5.5 offensive wins above replacement. 
J.D. Martinez, who had an insane year that year, by the way, batting fourth for a really good team with runners getting base all the time all around him, was third in runs created plus at 170 with a 6.8 offensive war. Both of these players, not the top run, runs created plus in Major League Baseball, Baez way down to 24th, but they were the leaders in their respective leagues. To get to break into the top 10 for offensive wins above replacement across the league, you had to have a, at least a 5.6 offensive war. Javi Baez didn't even make that. J.D. Martinez was 6th in Major League Baseball in offensive wins above replacement. In 2019, Anthony Rendon had a 155 runs created plus. That's 55% above league average, If just to remind you what, how that, those numbers work. That was good for 7th in Major League Baseball, and he had a 6.7 offensive war. But check this out. In the AL, Jose Abreu, on a bad White Sox team, had a 115 runs created plus. That's only 15% above league average. I mean, it's solid, but as far as like league leaders, that's not. That was good for 60th, yes, 6-0, 60th in Major League Baseball, and he had a 2.6 offensive wins above replacement. That was the second worst. Both of those numbers were the second worst of his career, yet he led the American League in RBI. The league leaders for offensive wins above replacement had to be at least 5.6 offensive wins above replacement to break the top 10. Rendon was 6th. Jose Abreu didn't even come close. <laughs> he had 2.6 offensive wins above replacement, and he needed 5.6 to get into the top 10. As far as 2020 goes, I'm going to skip this year just because it's really not good for any type of trend analysis because it's such an anomaly year with only 60 games being played. But let me just throw this out there to give you a kind of an idea to show you how much of an anomaly the year 2020 was. By the way, say how much of an anomaly five times fast. You probably can't do it. Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, I edit these things, and uh, I had to edit that because I could not say that. <laughs> Anyways, Marcelo Zuna, you know, the guy that is drastically overpaid and can't hit worth anything in the past few years, he led the league in RBI. He led the National League and runs batted in that year. Just for what it's worth. Okay, moving on. If we look at the year 2021, the National League leader, and this is what's crazy too. This one will blow your mind and really, if I'm being honest with you, really opened my eyes to Wow, I want to look into RBIs and, and kind of look at a trend analysis here because, man, trend analysis is such a cybersecurity professional thing to say. But that's what it's all about, looking at trends. But anyways, National League 2021. Adam Duvall led the National League in RBI. Runs batted in. He only had a 103 runs created plus. That's 3% above league average. And he only had a 0.6 offensive war. 
If we go back and look why, it's because he played for a bad Marlins team for the first half of the year, and he was batting fourth. Yes, Adam Duvall is known for in certain situations with runners on base, he typically does well. And that is something to be excited about. But you know what's even better than hitting well with runners on? Having a really good runs created plus because you're constantly helping your team. Because it doesn't necessarily have to be you being the one knocking them in. If you're getting on base, someone else can knock you in. You know, or if you're hitting for power, you're helping your team score runs. You know, and and even though the Marlins had the league leader in RBI for the first half of the season through the trade deadline, they weren't exactly winning a bunch of ball games or scoring a lot of runs. It just so happens that Adam Duvall was batting fourth. You move him to the Braves, and yeah, he still was putting up RBI numbers, but not at the same rate because he was lower in the order. He still did end up having the most RBI because he had such an insane amount when he was playing on the Marlins. But again, the dude never got on base. His runs created plus was 103. You could take that's only 3% above league average. And as far as where he placed in all of baseball, 95th. Runs created plus, there were 94 Major League Baseball players that were better at creating runs than Adam Duvall was. 94 of them. Alright, let's get over to the American League. Salvador Perez, fan favorite, everybody loves him. And that's also, I want to go back to Adam Duvall. He only had 0.6 offensive war. But he's a defensive stud, so he brings value to his team. That's not to say that he's not bringing value, but we can't look at him and say, you know what, he's an offensive stud because he led the league in RBI. No, it doesn't work that way. Salvador Perez was tied for 38th in Major League Baseball in 2021 with a WRC or Runs Created Plus of 126, which is 26% above league average with a 4.6 offensive war. As you can see here, it's starting to trend as we get more and more recent. We're realizing that you want your best hitters to be hitting higher up in the order so they get more bats. And then you can leave the RBIs to other people because ultimately it does not matter who gets the RBI, but who is creating the most runs. But anyways, Salvador Perez had a 4.6 offensive war. Neither one of the RBI leaders in the American League or the National League even came close to cracking the top 10 offensive wins above replacement in 2021. You had to have a 5.7-0 war to be in the top 10, and neither one were even close. Salvador Perez had 4.6. That's a full 1.1 offensive wins above replacement away from making the top 10 in offensive war. Now this year... In 2022, we are actually seeing that players are getting a ton of RBIs when they're doing really well. And a lot of that has to do with Aaron Judge is having a monster season, but he's also on a very good offensive team. So not only is he having a monster season, he's got guys getting on base all around him, which has really helped him get RBIs. And that is not taking away from Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is by far the front runner. MVP in the AL in my opinion even with Shohei Otani playing in the American League this year the way that Aaron Judge is swinging the bat and he's bringing solid defense that dude is going to win MVP 
He is second in Major League Baseball in runs created plus with a 193, which is absolutely insane. Just for what it's worth, Bryce Harper had a 170 last year, and he led the league in WRC or runs created plus. Aaron Judge is doing 23% better than him. But when we look at 193, 170, that is based on the rest of the league, right? And overall, the league is having an offensively down year. And Aaron Judge having the monster year that he has has propelled him to a 193, and it's well-deserved. But anyways, he is second in the league. He has a 7.3 offensive wins above replacement, leads all of Major League Baseball in O-War. In the National League, Pete Alonzo has a 140 runs created plus. That is good for 18th in Major League Baseball, and he has a 3.4 offensive war. Currently, the season is not over. You have to have a 4.7 offensive war to break the top 10. Pete Alonzo is not close. As you can see, Aaron Judge killing it on a great team. Pete Alonzo not in the top 10 in anything, but he's still leading the National League in RBI. I would also point like to point out, just for as for Braves fans' perspective, you can kind of get a perspective of this. Matt Olson is third in the National League in RBI, but 45th in Major League Baseball in runs created plus. So Matt Olson is getting those RBIs because he's on a good offensive team, batting fourth for the most part during this year. So he's racking up the RBI, but he's not having as good of an offensive year as people like Austin Riley, or you could argue Michael Harris or Contreras, both of which have higher runs created plus. But Austin Riley has played nearly as many games as Matt Olson, but doesn't have as many RBI because where he bats in the order. Not to mention, while Contreras and Harris have not played as many games, if you look at RBI per game played, they have less RBI per game played because of where they bat in the order. Think about it. Michael Harris batting ninth, 8th or ninth is not going to get as many RBIs because the guys sitting right behind him are not going to get on base as often, especially when you had guys like Ozuna right behind him batting 7th for a large chunk of the season. Guys like... Eddie Rosario, people like that that just don't get on base at an excellent clip, especially this year. Just think about it. If you were to look at Contreras' slash line or Michael Harris's slash line, odds are, other than home runs, but if you were to look at home runs per at-bat, you would change your mind. But other than cumulative home runs and doubles, which, don't get me wrong, I love Matt Olson, and I'm so happy he's on the Braves. I think he's doing a fantastic job, but what I'm getting at is you have other hitters that technically are doing better, yet they don't have the RBIs. Like, if you were to take the, strip the name off, strip off total home runs because he's played more games, and just look at the rate stats, that slash line, just the rate stat slash line, you would go for Michael Harris or Contreras based on just the slash line. But because of where Matt Olson bats in the order, and because he's played more games, he's going to have more RBI. Now, to be fair, when you evaluate an MVP or who's the best player, you do consider things like games played because you're looking at total value added to the team. 
But what my main point is, is if Michael Harris and Contreras were to have played as many games, they still would not have as many RBI. All right, with that, let's take a little break, and then we're going to jump into a long span of 10 years and look at how many RBIs these players had, like the league leaders for a whole 10-year span, how many RBI they had, and then versus how much value they actually brought to a team. Alright, welcome back. So Brian Custard, my friend, I said sent me these stats and I just wanted to share them with you because it kind of shows how RBI, while that can be important and there are really good hitters that do end up with a lot of RBI, there are also players that don't bring a lot of value based on just RBI and how it's just such an anomaly from year to year. And then if you take a 10-year span and look at it, it really does show it, even back in the 90s because we know that today teams are learning with analytics and things like that more and more that it's more important to give your best hitters more bats hence why players like Mike Trout move up to the second spot in the order and things like that we saw Freddie Freeman moving from the third spot to the second spot and even way back in the 90s you had your best hitters hitting fourth they slowly moved them to third and now a lot of teams are having their best hitters hit second really depending on what you mean by best hitter for me 100% is someone that brings the best combination of getting on base and power. So for me, I want my guy with the highest OPS to be getting batting first or second, which is why it worked so well last year and the year before to have Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman batting first and second. But we can look at these stats looking back then. And one thing I want to point out is that offense is only one aspect of the game. We haven't even touched on defense. Defense is a whole other animal in itself. Just for example, did you know that this year, Nolan Arenado has more wins above replacement than Paul Goldschmidt this year? Because with his bat, he's hitting so well, it's lower than Paul Goldschmidt, but the defense that he's bringing at third base is so elite, mixed with his bat and his base running, he's actually bringing more value to the Cardinals than Goldschmidt is, which is insane because Goldsmith is putting up such a fantastic offensive season. But let's look at value brought to a team over the 1990s and how many RBI they had, and it'll really open your mind as to, okay, maybe RBI in and of itself, really, I shouldn't be using as a metric to determine how well a player is doing, how much value they're adding. Hopefully this will open your eyes. All right, from 1990 to 1999, that is 10 years. Check this out. The league leader in that amount of time is Albert Bell. He had 39.5 wins above replacement. Second place with 1,091 RBI was King Griffey Jr., but... He had 67.2 wins above replacement. You go down to third, you have Barry Bonds, who had 80.2 wins above replacement with 1,076 RBI. You drop down to fourth, Juan Gonzalez, 1,068 RBI, but he only had 30.3 wins above replacement. Next is Rafael Palmero, tied with Juan Gonzalez with 1,068 RBI. 
he had 49.7 wins above replacement. Then you go down one more. Frank Thomas had 52.8 wins above replacement with 1,040 RBI. Where this is when things really start to get interesting. The person with the seventh most RBI in the 90s was Dante Bichette. And he only had 4.6 wins above replacement. That's largely due because his OPS plus was only 9% above league average. And his defense was one of the worst in the league. He had negative 14.7 wins above repl- defensive wins above replacement. Negative 14.7. Most baseball players don't even get a positive 14.7 wins above replacement in their entire career. And he had negative defensive wins above replacement in 10 years. That was 14.7. Not to mention, his offense was only 9% above league average for those 10 years, yet he was 7th in that time span in RBI. Fred McGriff was 8th with 975 RBI, and he only had 32.7 wins above replacement. Now, it's a whole another story for another day. I do think with his longevity and the way that he played, he should have been in the Hall of Fame. But we'll move on. Jeff Bagwell had 56.9 wins above replacement with 961 RBI. Matt Williams had 41.2 wins above replacement with 960 RBI. Mark McGuire... From 1990 to 1999, had 956 RBIs with 46.4 wins by replacement. Sammy Sosa was right below him at 926 RBI with 34.1 wins by replacement. Remember, all these players are the exact same time frame, 10 years. 13th on this list is Cecil Fielder. He had 924 RBI in 10 years. So that's an average of 92.4 RBI per year, yet he only produced 17 wins above replacement. And then Paul O'Neill, who averaged 92.3 RBI per year, only had 31.7 wins above replacement during that time frame. If you do the math, that's three point, averaging 3.14 wins above replacement per year. Then you drop down to Joe Carter, who only had 5.7 wins above replacement while averaging 91.4 RBI per year. That was 15th best in in that 10-year time frame. He only produced 5.7 war in 10 years. That's 0.57 wins above replacement per year. That is, in this day and age, probably would have issues finding a starting spot. And then Jose Canseco is right below him, but he had 2.6 wins of replacement per year and 88.5 RBI per year, so 885. Movon, 860, 26.6 wins above replacement. Andres Galarraga is number 19 on the list. He had 859 tied with Greg Vaughn. He had 19.9 wins above replacement in that 10-year span. And then Robin Ventura, who has 46.1 wins above replacement, who would have been 7th on this list in wins above replacement among these hitters, is ranked 20th in RBI with 854 because of where he played in the lineup and the teams he played on. As you can see, the actual value that players brought 
versus their RBI are all over the place. Of course, we see guys like King Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds are in the top three in RBI. Those guys were unbelievable players. They're the top two in wins above replacement in that time frame, and they're in the top three in RBI. Other than that, the total value brought and the total RBIs they got are all over the place, and that should be enough to tell you that RBI is really dependent upon what team you're playing on. If you're playing on a bad team, but you're a decent hitter, you're going to be closer to that four spot, which is the prime spot to get RBI. If you're batting fourth, you have the highest probability of getting RBI. So not third, fourth. If you bat third, you have the highest probability of coming up to bat with two outs and zero hitters on. So and then for the past few years, the best hitters have bat second and third. So if you're batting fourth, you have the highest probability of getting RBI. Back in the day, it was the same way. You had your speedster batting first, your on-base guy batting second. But it's, it's still evolved over time. But as you can see with trend analysis, RBI by itself should not be used as a single individual player stat it truly more than anything else is more of a team stat because if you look at how many RBIs are hit among an entire team and then you can look at where are RBIs coming from in the, the essentially the number three to five spot if that's the case then that means if there's high RBIs that means that players around them are getting on base and they're doing their job RBI like I said, in a vacuum is a good stat. You want batters being knocked in. But what's more important is runs total runs scored for your team. That is more important. The team that has the guy that hits the most RBIs does not mean that they have the best offense. What does mean to have the best offense is the team that's scoring the most runs. And how you score the most runs, you have the highest runs created plus. That is the best way to determine with trend analysis, who's going to score the most runs? Almost every year, the team with the highest runs created plus is going to easily be in the top five offenses in the league almost every single year. If you look at the team that has the guy with the most RBI, not even close to the top five every year. I mean, just look at Adam Duvall recently. He, he did get traded to the Braves, but at the time, before he got traded to the Braves, when he was leading, leading the league in RBI... He was playing for the Marlins. Last year, you saw Salvador Perez leading the AL in RBI. He was playing for the Kansas City Royals. We've seen Nelson Cruz when he played for the Mariners lead the AL in RBIs in 2017. He played for the Mariners. You know, I mean, it. you can't just look at RBI and say, okay, yep, they got. he's got the most RBI. He's a great hitter. Doesn't work like that. Never will. Are RBIs important? Yes. Are they a tool to be used to evaluate players? Absolutely not. You, there are other stats you can look at. You can look at clutch stats like how is this player hitting with runners on base? How is this hitter hitting in late and close games? Things like that. You can figure out that. I understand that the old school mindset is, well, if they have a lot of RBIs, that means that they're a clutch hitter. There could be an argument for that if the other numbers line up, but that's not always the case. You could be an extremely clutch hitter, 
But if you play for the Tigers, you're not going to have a bunch of runners on base for you to knock in anyways. So what does it really matter? And you could be hitting like 5% above league average and then be hitting fourth in the lineup for the Tigers. So you're going to be getting the large majority of the RBIs anyways. So there's so many things going against what RBIs are versus truly evaluating a single player because the team around you, the environment you're playing in, and what position in the lineup you bat plays such a large role on the number of RBIs that you get. And we haven't even started talking about the whole player aspect of base running and defense, really. So with that, that is my argument. Argue with me all you want on it. I'm not changing my mind. But I just wanted to give you my thought on it. And I would love to hear your thoughts. And I'll be as respectful as possible if you want to argue this. I just wanted to give my thoughts out there because you've heard me talk about RBI in the past. And that is my true thoughts on RBIs. And here's to hoping that the Atlanta Braves team as a whole continues to get a lot more RBI this season. All right, that's this week's episode. I can't believe we're getting into September already. Things are really starting to ramp up in Major League Baseball. Such a good time of the year. But with that, don't forget to subscribe and five-star wherever you get your podcast. It helps the show get out there to people that may not know it exists yet. But thanks to you, the podcast is doing amazing. Thank you so much. Don't forget that you can find the show on Twitter at BravesDugoutPod. You can find my personal Twitter at Sports. You can find the show on Facebook. We have a page and a group. You can email the show at BravesDugout at gmail.com. All of this stuff, all the websites and all of that are in the show notes. With that, as always, go Braves.